Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Ben lead to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnotta here with you guys, and we are getting ready to preview the game against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a game that may just be the most crucial game of the 2019 season for the North Carolina Tar Heels. And to do so, we welcome in Josh Marlowe, who is with us, uh, buddy. Uh, it's it's kind of a weird situation for the Tar Heels because they come into this game two and three. They're, you know, coming off three straight losses, but it feels like this is one of the most confident times in tar, for, for Tar Heel football probably since the 2016 season. Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, three straight losses, but you're, you're still feeling pretty good about where you're at, what your team's doing. Um, and you say this is probably, you know, the most crucial game as they have the rest of the year, and the records wouldn't necessarily dictate that because Georgia Tech's only one in three. But for Carolina, if you want to build off what you did last Saturday with near upset of Clemson, then you go to Atlanta and you win. And it's something you've only done one time since Mac Brown left the first time, and that was, of course, in the magical 2015 season. But if, if you go down there and lose, then you didn't accomplish anything last Saturday. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the, the mindset of this team, if there's any hangover from last Saturday, or if they put it behind them and they're, they're ready to go improve to 3-3, three and three, and more importantly, 2-1 and one in the ACC. Well, I think the other thing is, is if this team wants to make a bowl game, I think Saturday is probably the, the biggest game that goes towards determining uh, if they're headed in the right direction. Because it feels like, especially with a bye the next week, if this team's 3-3, three 2-1 and three, two and one in the Coastal and you know put, puts up a good performance against Georgia Tech, they're going to have a lot of momentum for you know what sh- looks like a manageable stretch run. 
uh, something that, you know, earlier in the season, maybe it, it didn't quite look like that. But now, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're two and four and you're one and two in the Coastal, I, I mean, I, I, to me, that just, that feels, there, there's such a huge gap between those two records. So that's why it feels like this game is really one of the more important ones that we've seen over the last couple of years for the Tar Heels, um, especially against a team in Georgia Tech that, frankly, just is not that good. Um, the numbers pretty much point to this team being one of the worst teams in the country, um, especially offensively, averaging just 13.5 points per game, which is the worst in the country. Um, they are not throwing the football well. They have played four games. They do not have a quarterback over 200 yards passing. And honestly, the, the best solution at quarterback is, is a guy that, you know, and Tobias Oliver, who is basically just a running back playing quarterback. So, um, you know, it feels like this is a huge opportunity for Carolina to come out and you know, really show that they have a chance to be that dominant team in the future because this Georgia Tech team is not that good at all. They won, they, they won one game. They beat South Florida, another team who is just horrific offensively, um, and they won that game 14-10. to 10. The only reason they won that game was because of their defense. It had nothing to do with their offense. So, you know, I think that this Tornado team on paper – uh, is definitely the better team, and they need to prove that on Saturday. And, and I mean, but you mentioned it. You know, this is a place that really has has not been kind to Carolina. I mean, is is there a reason why? I mean, it seems like at this point, you know, maybe it was because of the triple option offense, because of just the the length of of the you know how much these this Toronto team is struggling there. But I mean, you know, it, it feels like. Anytime that you go there, and very similar to you know the, the next game the Toyos will play at Virginia Tech, it just seems like th this team just knows going in, okay, they don't really have a chance to win the game, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think the longer that they kept losing there became more mental than anything else. It's not like it, uh, Georgia Tech has a great environment, because uh, they don't. Um, and it's not like the teams that we went down there and played were overly successful. Um, so I think it just came more that it was a mental thing that, well, we, we haven't won here in so long, so we're, we're just not going to win. And it, it got frustrating. And even, you know, we won there in 15. That team got down 20, 21 nothing. Yeah. And you would have, you know, we would have thought right from there, but we're not winning today either. Um, I, know, I know Matt Brown has spoken about it this week about, Look, you, these are games that you got to win. If you, you know, for us to get where we want to get to, you got to win a game like this because Georgia Tech, quite frankly, isn't good, which was expected with the, the drastic change they're having right. with the new coach, the new the new philosophy on offense. Um, I don't think anyone's for them to be this bad, but they, they are what they are right now. But for Carolina, you know, if, if you want to achieve goals, make a bowl game. And, and more, more importantly, you win Saturday, you're, you're still competing in this Coastal because it is a wide-open division as you enter your bye week. And you got to go find a way to win tomorrow and get over the fact you have, you've only won there one time in the last 22 years. Yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% right about that. And Matt Brown was really focused on, you know, ta you know trying to get his guys up 
for this game keep that same level of uh, of intensity that we saw against Clemson against this Georgia Tech team, even though this team isn't all that good. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you hit on a really good point there when you said that you didn't think that Georgia Tech would be this bad. I mean, look, we knew with the scheme change, you know, going from the triple option to a more traditional offense that there were going to be some bumps in the road, especially a quarterback. I don't think that we thought it would be this bad. Um, I mean, they're, they just they have not found a single guy at quarterback that can move that team down the field. And even their running game isn't anywhere near what it's been in the last couple of years. The offensive line is really struggling to protect their quarterbacks because, well, frankly, they've never had to do it before. A lot of the guys that are, you know, playing on the offensive line right now, they were recruited as triple option guys. So, you know, the scheme changes, everybody talks about, you know, all the offensive skill players, how tough it has to be on them. I think the toughest part of a scheme change, especially when you're going from a triple option offense to a more traditional offense, maybe even a spread offense, is the offensive linemen who have to learn that, look, cut blocking is not going to work in pass protection. If you go down to try to block a guy and miss him, you're, you're leaving a guy unabated to the quarterback, and if anything, you're allowing him to knock the ball down without any resistance. So, you know, that's the thing. That's one of the areas that Carolina has to take advantage of. The good news is is that this past week against Clemson, the Toyos, you know, not only were more aggressive, which falls on Jay Bateman, you know, that was something we really hadn't seen since the game against Miami, and really that was mainly in the first half. They finally were a little more aggressive against Clemson. I think they're going to once again, you know, go back to that aggressive mindset here against Georgia Tech because I to me, I think the biggest thing that I noticed was when Storm Duck came into the game, and Mac Brown talked about this a ton when asked about Storm Duck during uh, the press conferences earlier this week. He said that, look, this is a, a guy that is extremely talented, and, and, you know, he was kind of begging the coaching staff to put him out there, and, yeah, he knew that there would be some moments where, you know, Storm would look like a true freshman, but ultimately there's just so much talent there, and I think that's why, you know, we saw a little more aggression from the Toyos because Jay Bateman really, as the game went along, started to trust his true freshman who really did a great job in coverage against a wide receiving core that is, frankly, one of the better ones in, in all of college football for Clemson. So, I think Carolina will, you know, have to be more aggressive. You know, the health of the defensive line is a big thing in this game. Now, you know, thankfully this is not going to be a game where, you know, you are going to have a ton of cup blocking. So the good news is in past years, this has always been that game that you're saying, okay, for the defensive line, let's just get through it healthy because we know that, you know, they're going to be going after the legs and everything like that. And that's always been one of the games where we've seen a lot of injuries for the Tar Heels. Um, you know, heading in, the health is decent, not great. Jason Strobridge is definitely getting back to full health. But unfortunately, Aaron Crawford went down with an injury last week. He looks as if he's going to play. It doesn't. Uh, he's not even showing up on any of the uh, injury reports. Or if he is, he's showing up as probable. But... Um, you know, you, you never, you never can be fully healthy. It seems like for this Toyo football team over the past three years. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do um, Saturday against that Georgia Tech offense. Now against that Georgia Tech defense, 
you know, we've been, it's weird because we've been asking Phil Longo to let Sam Howell take over, let Sam Howell do his thing. But against Georgia Tech, your game plan might be a little bit different because this team's allowing 255 yards per game on the ground. Um, now, granted, they have played the Citadel, which was a triple option offense. They actually got beat by that team in overtime as well. That's another reason that you look at this game and say, ah, they, this is one you got to win. Um, but 255 yards per game on the ground. The other three teams that you've played are not anywhere close to triple option offenses. I mean, you got Clemson, um, who has Travis Etienne, but the Toyos did a good enough job slowing him down. Um, and then you look at the other two teams that they played in South Florida and then this past week, um, oh, I'm blanking on who they played this past week. I'll have to look that up really quick. But either way, I mean, look, this team, the, the fact that they're allowing 255 yards per game on the ground it shows that, look, if, if you can run the ball successfully against them, you're going to have a lot of success. Now, the thing is, is that Carolina is looking for a more consistent running game because it seemed to be hit and miss throughout the year, mainly Michael Carter, who, you know, if, if you look at the game against South Carolina, um, Wake Forest, and then, of course, this past week against Clemson, He's performed very well. The problem is he's followed up those big performances against South Carolina and Wake Forest with some of his worst performances, not only of the season, but of his career. So you're begging for some more consistency out of him. Javante Williams, you know, really has been the same guy throughout the year. Um, but, you know, he's, he's had some big games, uh, you know, like the game against Miami and, and the game against uh, Appalachian State. So, you know, maybe this is his game to shine. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it feels like, you know, in, in this game, because of what Georgia Tech is giving you, you're going to want to be a little more aggressive with the run. Now, from your perspective, you know, look, you're a guy that is begging for, you're one of those guys begging for Longo, please open up the offense and let Sam Howell take over. You know, when you're faced with a matchup like this, a Georgia Tech team that is struggling to stop the run, how do you kind of balance that to where you could still maybe open up the offense a little bit, but still, you know, take what the defense is giving you, uh, you know, from Georgia Tech? Uh, I think when, you know, you're playing against a team that can't stop the run, it allows you to be more aggressive on first down, throwing the ball. We've seen, we've seen the Phil Longo be pretty much first and ten, we're, we're going to run it. And, you know, get us in the second and eight, or, or second and seven. Well, I, I want us to see us come out, and even if it's just some of the stuff we saw against South Carolina, the quick, the quick passing game that worked against the Gamecocks, we haven't really seen that since. Get that. That way, you can just, you know build your run game off your pass game. Um, so that's what I think. I, I get this team's alive, 255 yards on the ground, and you know, you've got a trio of backs that are as good as anywhere in the ACC. So I understand the the why it's going to be easy to just line up and shove the ball down the throat. But you also got to think they're looking at you on film. And they know that you want to run the ball a little bit more than you want to throw it. So they're going to try to gear up to stop your run game more. to come out and throw it a little bit more. And if this doesn't work early, well, then you can hand the ball off. You're going to get five or six yards of carry. And that's fine. But um, you've you got to start letting Sam, you know, throw the ball more. 
it, it feels like the first possession of games sometimes feels scripted because we've been able to move the ball down for touchdowns. Look at what we did against Miami, App State, and uh, last week against Clemson. And then it's just how we, we've struggled to build off of that moving after we've scored a touchdown. And this could be a game where you, you can try to find some answers to those questions. That's a very good point, the you know, scripted first drives of games because it does kind of have the feel of if you watched the Chicago Bears last year um, with, with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky where they, they actually had multiple. They usually, I think it was up to three or four uh, drives scripted out of the gate. Um, but you're right. It feels like those, those first you know, every first drive that we've seen in these games, they've moved the ball pretty well. Now, of course, I mean, you mentioned App State. Look, if you, if you run the ball back 75 yards, usually you're going to be able to have some success. It was only one play as well, so it's hard to tell. But the, the success that this team seems to have on the first drive of games is amazing. But I think, the, the you know, what, what points to opening this offense up a little more and letting Sam Howell sort of take over and become – you know, a, a team that throws the ball a little bit more than they pass the football is what he's shown in the fourth quarter. Because, look, you can't script the fourth quarter. You don't know what kind of situations you're going to be in. It's really just that simple. When Sam Howell has to sort of take over the game and, you know, make his own decisions out there, it seems like he's a guy that, really thrives in those type of situations. I mean, we've seen them late in games. We've seen third-long situations, fourth-and-long situations where, you know, he, he's found a way to make a play. And if you open up this offense and basically tell him, look, you're the guy that's driving this offense. We need you to be that guy that we see in the fourth quarter in every quarter. I have a feeling that, you know, We'll be able to see that. I mean, we saw it a little bit against App State because they got down 17, and they pretty much had no choice but to start throwing the ball pretty much the entire the, the entire way the rest of the game. But I, I agree. If they open up this offense, look, this kid can handle it. If there's a quarterback in the country right now that's a true freshman that can handle it, it seems to be this kid because, I mean, you talked about it on the recap podcast against Clemson. You know, and although he wasn't, you know, didn't put up mind-blowing stats, he continues to do the one thing that you've got to do. And, and I mean, you, we saw when he didn't do it against App State, that's the reason that they they pretty much lost that game. Every other game, he's taking care of the football, and that's the reason why Carolina has been in the game late and had a chance to win it, including against the Clemson defense that was one extremely great at at taking the football away early in the season. I mean. They, they had, uh, I think it was five or six interceptions to begin the season, um, which was one of the top numbers in the country. And a, a team that was providing a lot of pressure through the first four games of their season really didn't put that much pressure on Howie because, one, he did a good job of getting the football out when he needed to. I mean, there's still some times where he holds on to the football too long. He's a little bit slow going through his progressions, but that's something that's going to come with time. Um, and, you know, it also helps that the offensive line really stepped up. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this is that that's an area where these games against Georgia Tech have usually been won. It's going to be a little bit different this year for the offensive and defensive lines facing Georgia Tech, but, um, you know, ultimately I still think that 
the the trenches are, are going to be a big area for the Toyos. You know, do you feel like on paper they have a chance? You know, they they have a chance to dominate this matchup against Georgia Tech. And there's definitely potential there um, on paper, and also I think just looking at what they did, if, if they built their performance from last week, they're, they're, the, the confidence level should be as high from both those units as it's been in a long time. The defensive line rattled Trevor Lawrence as good as any defense of line has this year so far, and, and arguably is for his young career, he, he never had time to get into a rhythm um, look to, to press on a ton of throws and uh, offensively you held your own against a talented defensive front um, Charlie Heck even though was playing hurt you could tell play hurt was really good over there at the left tackle spot um, they seem to have cut down some of some of the mistakes and the penalties that they've had at times so the confidence level should help them going into this game where you're, you're all better than your opponent it's just when you strap the pads on, now, now go execute and do the things that you did last week at a higher level against a lesser opponent, and it should help this team win uh, fairly easy. All right, so let's get to uh, the keys to the game. Really just one or two keys to the game. Um, you know, I, when you look at this Toyo team traveling down to Atlanta against a Georgia Tech team that is struggling offensively, what do you look at as keys to this game? I think the biggest key to this game is, is can Carolina bring the same energy and same intensity they brought last week? If they can, if they can get to that same kind of focus, uh, play with that kind of passion, they're going to they're, they're, they're win the game. They're better than Georgia Tech on paper. They're better than them uh, talent-wise. So, but if, if the thing is, is they're not good enough to not play 100%. We're just not there yet as a program where we can just sleepwalk through games. So you, you've got to find a way to get back to that same kind of passion you had for Clemson for a 1-3 Georgia Tech team. If you can do that, you, you're, you're going to win. If not, you're going to let a team that you should beat hang around and get more confident as the game grows long. And there's a really good chance that you could find yourself a 2-4. and four. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, mine mine is a little bit similar, but, I mean, really it's just, look, get off to a fast start and keep the foot on the gas, especially offensively, because this is a Georgia Tech team that you should not have any problems with if you look at the matchup on paper. Like you said, look, we don't want them hanging around, but here's the thing. We thought that, you know, mainly just because – of us being a Power 5 team, having more talent on the roster, we would do similar things against App State, and it didn't happen. You know, I talked about it last week, and I think that, you know, look, against Clemson, you still have to kind of play with that mindset of, okay, you know, we're we're a team that is, is playing to stay in the game because Clemson is that much more talented than us. But going forward, the rest of this schedule does not build an opponent that you should say, okay, look, they are that much better than us. We have to play with that mindset of let's stay in the game and give ourselves a chance late. You should be going in with the mindset of, look, we all, you know, we are the better team today. We're the better team on paper. I mean, I, they're, they're, you know, you can debate between, you know, Pittsburgh and State once you get later in the year, but especially in this game. We're the better football team here. We know we're the better football team here because, frankly, this Georgia Tech team is terrible. So we need to go out and be aggressive. 
take over this game and, and let's let's make a statement to the rest of the country that look what you saw last week wasn't a fluke. This is a team that is on the rise, and they are going to make some noise. And, I mean, as you said, uh, an ACC Coastal that, frankly, is just downright terrible. There's there's nobody in this in this ACC Coastal that, to me, feels like a threat to Clemson uh, in, in the long run, Not, especially this year. Um, I mean, you look at the ACC Coastal on the surface, I mean, your, your, your best team right now is Virginia, and then after that, it, it's really just, we, we don't really know. Duke's off to a good start, but they've been off to a good start how many straight years, and it seems like once they get into the thick of ACC play, they kind of fall apart. you got Pittsburgh, who, I mean, frankly, who the hell knows what Pittsburgh is at this point? We, we didn't know what they were last year. They somehow made the ACC championship game. We don't know what they are this year. Again, they're a team that, you know, look, I mean, they've, they, they've almost found a way to upset Penn State. They beat Central Florida, um, and that game, was that game, no, that game was at home, but still, beat a Central Florida team that everybody was saying uh, was, was the best uh, group of five team, deserved to be in a Power Five conference. They shut all that up, and then they come out this past week against Delaware and nearly find a way to lose at home. So, you know, who knows? The, 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 there's a chance that if the Tar Heels can, you know, look, you know, play with that same intensity as you mentioned, and really just, you know, if they, if they can find a rhythm, mainly offensively, because it seems like defensively, you know, they've done enough outside of the App State game to keep, you know, to keep themselves in games and give their offense a chance to win the game. I think this team's going to have a legit shot, but it starts on Saturday against Georgia Tech. So uh, let's do the game predictions. Uh, I'll let you start. What do you think uh, the Tar Heels are able to do down in Atlanta? I think Carolina's gonna gonna get a road win. Uh, I think they'll improve to three and three, two and one in ACC play. Um, you know, it feels like a good game where you can build on things offensively and defensively. I think Carolina will do that. I think they'll win thirty-one thirteen. So we finally have a week where we're not sitting there in the fourth quarter on you know on on, on our toes or whatever cliche you want to say for having an exciting finish. So that will be somewhat refreshing if, if we can get that. And uh, I think you're going to get a really good effort in the passing game. And I think you're going to see Carolina get, get the running backs going in the same game. We haven't really seen that since South Carolina where they both were productive because Javante Williams wasn't overly productive last week against Clemson. I think you'll get that tomorrow. Maybe Antonio Williams gets in the fold a little bit more too. And I, and I think the, the, the defense will take advantage of playing an offense that is struggling to allow Jay Bateman to want to be aggressive easily. And I think we'll do that, and Carolina will win. Well, yeah, ultimately on the surface, look, I mean, Georgia Tech's a team that hasn't scored over 25 points, uh, or 24 points in a game this season. Don't think they're going to be able to do that again. Carolina definitely feels like the more complete team going in. And I think Carolina comes out with a victory, but as we've seen so far this season, they're not, they're not going to make it extremely easy. I, I, I mean, the offensive end, you know, we're waiting for them to have one of those games where they just sort of explode and score a bunch of points. I don't know if that's really going to come this season. I think Carolina wins, um, I think, relatively comfortably. I'll go 27-10 over Georgia Tech, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, like you said, what we're going to be talking about when we're sitting here 
on Monday or Tuesday recapping this game is, look, this defense continues to improve under Jay Bentley, even with all of the injuries. Against a struggling offense like Georgia Tech, I feel like they really can show a little bit of muscle and find a way to shut down this offense even more than they've been shut down so far this season. Um, I think they have a phenomenal performance, and uh, I think Carolina pulls out the victory, goes to 3-3 three and three overall and 2-1 and one in the uh, ACC, which is a huge step for the Tar Heels and uh, puts them in a good position to um, potentially fight for an ACC Coastal title. So um, the, the, let's uh, pick one guy that you think is, is a standout player for this game uh, against Georgia Tech. Who do you think shines against the Yellow Jackets on Saturday? Uh, I think Michael Carter is going to build off what he did against Clemson at 99 yards on the ground was a factor in the passing game. Uh, so I, I think I think he'll respond with another another good effort, uh, and then I'll, I'll pick one defensively too really quick. Um, I think Chaz Red had his you know national coming out party yesterday, where the country got to see what he can do at linebacker. And I think you're I think we're you know he's just scratched the surface of the player he's going to be. I guess a, an offense that you know we've, we've noted their struggles feels like he can have a really a, a field day. So uh, I think you'll look for Michael Carter and, the, and on the offensive side, run the ball, and Chasserat just being an animal everywhere defensively. Well, I, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, when you look at the, what, what Georgia Tech's going to give you, I'll go with Javante Williams. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy coming off a game against Clemson. Like you mentioned, you know, what, didn't, didn't have the greatest game. I mean, look, he still carried the ball 10 times for 49 yards. 4.9 yards to carry is not bad. Um, so I, I think, you know, he, he realizes that, look, you know, he has a chance to take over against the Georgia Tech defense that is nowhere near the type of Georgia Tech defenses that we've seen before. Um, I think he has a big game and, and runs for, I'll say, over 100 yards against Georgia Tech. And then uh, defensively, I'm going to go, you know, linebacker as well, but I'm going to go Jeremiah Gemmel. I think that, you know, look, Georgia Tech wants to try to tell us, okay, look, we're a, a spread offense. We're going to throw the football everywhere. But really, here's the thing. They don't have a quarterback right now. Two of their quarterbacks are dealing with injury issues as well, meaning that Tobias Oliver is the healthiest quarterback. That's more than likely who they're going to go with at quarterback. Um, so expect this team to run the football a ton. That really stacks up for Jeremiah Gemmel to be, uh, you know, extremely successful. He was this past week against Clemson, and if he plays with that same type of energy, which is a bit of a question mark, but we'll see. If he plays with that same type of energy, I, I have a feeling that he's going to have a big day, probably double-digit tackles, and he'll be one of the main reasons why this Toriel defense has such a great day against Georgia Tech. So, that's going to do it for this preview edition of the podcast. Um, remember that the game is on ACC Network starting at 4 o'clock if you guys want to tune in. And then after the game is over, we will have the recap for you on the Heel Tough Blog website. Make sure you go there, www.heeltoughblog.com. That's where you can check out the recap, the stock report, which will come out on Monday, and then the trench report, which comes out on Tuesday for the game against Georgia Tech. We'll cycle back around and do it all again with the preview. Um, actually, not the next week, but we'll have to wait until um, the Thursday before uh, the Virginia Tech game, that's the next time that we'll have uh, a preview out for you guys. Um, 
because we, we unfortunately have a layoff. So what we're going to do, actually it works out very, very well here on the podcast, is that we will, uh, instead of doing a preview next week, you know, we'll recap the game in one episode for you guys, and then in place of the preview, we are going to do our mid-season uh, reviews. So uh, we'll throw out, you know, who's going to be, who, and in our opinion, is the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP. We'll give out a couple other awards as well. Um, so that's how we're going to do our mid-season thing. It works out very well that the bye week falls um, right in the middle of the season this year for the Tarnals. That will allow us to do some great things here on the podcast. Make sure that you don't miss an episode of the podcast. You can do that by going to wherever you listen to the podcast and making sure that you rate, review, and subscribe. The most important one is that last one. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. But also make sure that, you know, give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And then uh, in the reviews, you know, just put a couple of words down, what you think we could do better, what you want to see on the podcast. Uh, or a little bit of praise for us, whichever one uh, you want to leave down there, we will be uh, gracious uh, for that. Um, also, make sure that you go to the Heel Tough Blog website because now not only do we have football coverage on there, we have basketball coverage we've combined with the Royals Boys blog. So make sure you check out the first article that's up there, Caleb Love's commitment to Carolina. Our guy who you just heard right here, Josh Marlowe, breaks that down for you and what that means for this Tar Heel basketball team. So um, it, it should be an exciting year for uh, the Heel Tough Log because, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, for the past couple of years, we've been covering the uh, Tar Heel football offseason in depth. So, you know, the, the articles have been hit and miss. This year, you know, we're going to have plenty of great content for you guys because we will have basketball on there during the offseason. So make sure that you guys check that out. And then scroll down to the bottom of the page and subscribe to every article so that you can send it straight to your email inbox. So just scroll down to the bottom of the page, type that email in, hit that subscribe uh, button, and we will send you every single article that we write right to your inbox. You don't have to worry about having to check social media to make sure that it's on there. That's the best way to do it. So... For Josh, for Anthony, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And remember, as always, go Tall Heels.